thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. This is Up For A Chat with Cindy O'Mara, Karen Smith, and Kim Morrison. Here we are, up for a chat about the hottest topics that are important to you, inspiring you to awaken the change within. I'm Kim Morrison, and I'm without the beautiful Cindy and Karen this week because I have taken uh, advantage of being in the company of someone very extraordinary, someone who I hold a lot of respect for, and I feel very honoured and privileged to be down here at Parliament House in Canberra, and I could not help but take the opportunity to interview not only a very dear friend of mine, but somebody who has now been in Parliament officially for the last 18 months. I'd like to welcome to the show the wonderful Andrew Wallace, Federal Minister, uh, Federal Member for Member Fisher. For Fisher. <laughs> Sorry, Andrew. Thank you. But look, welcome to the show. It's it's you're the first politician we've ever had on our show in five years of running up for a chat. I'm very honoured. Apparently, we have over two million downloads wow. a year. Wow, that's so, incredible. And the majority of those listeners are women. And I dare say, a little bit like me, and I'm going to ask. Don't for turn your... off. Don't turn off. <laughs> I know. I'm going to ask for your forgiveness from the beginning. <laughs> that I don't know a lot about politics. Uh, it's not been a subject that has interested me because if I'm really honest, what I see is a lot of bickering yeah. and what I see is a lot of, or I think what's televised to us is almost like the antics that go mm. on behind the scenes. Mm. Having now been here for the last 24 hours, I can honestly say it's opened my whole world and eyes to what it is that you guys do. Mm-hmm. So could you explain, first of all, let's get a bit of history about you. Who are you and have you always had aspirations to be here and maybe lead us to how we got to being here? Well, Kim, uh, I'm 49 years old. I, I live on the Sunshine Coast. Leone and I moved here 25 years ago. Uh, we've raised our four daughters on the Sunshine Coast, uh, and uh, you know we are deeply enmeshed in the in the Sunshine Coast community. We love it. We'd never want to move anywhere else. Um, but prior to becoming a, a federal member, and I, I was only elected 18 months ago. Um, I, when I finished school, I, I did, you know, a few things. I, I, um, I worked as a volunteer for the De La Salle brothers and then I ended, off, ended up um, uh, joining a monastery for a short while until they gave me the DCM, that's the Don't Come Monday. Uh, they figured that uh, I'd have troubles uh, keeping my vows of poverty, chastity and obedience. Who would have thought? <laughs> Uh, and um, so after I did that, I came out and I, I uh, went and uh, did a carpentry apprenticeship. And so that took four years. And then I had a building business after that. I built for 10 years all up. Uh, and then I had a brain explosion in my late 20s and decided to go back to uh, school, to, to university and do a law degree. Uh, did that, practiced as a barrister for 16 years. Uh, and then an opportunity came up. Uh, last year for me to run for pre-selection for the LNP in uh, Fisher, uh, the federal seat of Fisher. I did that and I won pre-selection and then I won the general election in July of last year and and um, the rest is history. It's uh, It's been the greatest privilege of my life. Uh, I, I believe very firmly that um, federal politics is, is A-grade. Um, it's the pinnacle of community service. I've always been involved in community service since I was 14 years old, whether it was running the local church youth group or 
um, you know, looking after the P and P and F at the kids' school or um, the the Sunshine Coast Children's Therapy Centre. M- many many different types of community groups I've been involved with. Surf life saving. I'm still a surf lifesaver, active surf lifesaver. Um, but there's no better way to serve your community than to do it in federal politics. And I, and I know that some of your listeners right now are probably thinking. This guy is on drugs, uh, but I'm not. Uh, what I'm saying is actually true because there is no better way to shape the future direction of this country mm. than by being uh, a- a- and serving as a federal minister, a federal member of parliament. Um, can I can I just interrupt you there? One of the things that's I think that does not show politicians or people in parliament in a in a fine light is most politicians I dare say go into it for that reason to serve their environment their community their perhaps their country yet that's not what's shown you know on the general in the general public scene when we see visions of parliament so it's the same thing to me when I look at a doctor they go into healthcare because they want to help people they want to learn and they want to help with the medical side of the world but you guys are actually really there at the forefront wanting to make change and also I dare say be a part of history moving forward what's that feel like now that you're actually in there like is it is it hard is it is it exciting do you get a lot of negativity look there there are always uh your people who um you know like what Tay Tay says hate is gonna hate uh there you, you do get a bit of that um, but but generally, you know, most Australians are respectful, uh, and they acknowledge that. You know, we actually do a pretty tough job. Uh, we're we're we live in a bit of a, a fish bowl, and we're under constant scrutiny. Uh, and and fair enough too, I guess, at the end of the day. But um, I think that most people serve the in the federal parliament uh, out of a desire to want to make the world a better place, to make Australia a better place. Um, how that is perceived by the general public. Most people don't follow politics uh, in the same way that, say, I follow politics. Um, most people's exposure to politics is, you know, seeing a snippet on the news from uh, Question Time when they see, you know, some sort of rowdy performance by uh, what's going on during Question Time in the Parliament. But, you know, there's so much more to being... A, a member of parliament uh, than just what you see in in that uh, in that maybe thirty second grab on television. You know, we as members of parliament have the ability to not only shape the direction of the country by way of legislation, but um, that that's at a macro level that impacts upon you know twenty five million people. But we also do things like you know we we are constantly uh, taking inquiries from people who are, who ring my office, and whether it's a Centrelink problem because their pension's been cut off for some unexplained reason, or uh, you know their son uh, is a returned soldier and is a veteran and is struggling with their with their mental health issues, you know every conceivable issue that you can imagine um, to do with the federal government, people end up on on my doorstep um, mm-hmm. seeking help. And the vast majority of, of instances um, people will never hear about, and, and nor should they because they are private. Um, but, you know, the vast, the, the vast majority of times 
uh, when I'm helping people and, and every other politician that, that uh, works in this place, the, the media won't be interested in uh, and nor will they ever, ever hear about. So, you know, it's a 24-hour-a-day, seven-day-a-week job. Uh, you're always on call. Um, it's very demanding of both the, the parliamentarian and their families. Um, you know, they, they say that uh, we're the volunteers, but the families are the conscripts. Mm. Uh, you know, they didn't ask for this. Uh, but, uh, you know, because of our you know, collective passion to be involved in, in the political scene, they sort of get roped up into it. But I think it's important that as best we can as parliamentarians, we involve our families um, and take them along the journey with us so that they have a, a certain degree of ownership um, in the process. I think it, it reminds me very much of, I mean, for many of our listeners, they'll know that Danny, my husband, played cricket for New Zealand. He worked his way up the ranks. He got selected. Mm. Um, it was all very well being selected. He always said the hardest part was staying there and serving your country in the right way. Um, a whole lot of people are brought together that don't necessarily so know each like other. it's not like the Australian cricket team. <laughs> don't you talk to me about Australian cricket or I'll just bring up the underarm. I, I often talk about... <laughs> You know, it's it's really hard to get into the Australian cricket team, but it's even harder to get out. <laughs> Don't true that. I'm not going to say anything more except if you say anything about New Zealand cricket, I will say underarm. Just saying, and uh, the LBW I, that I Danny should have anything. been given. I won't mention anything about Danny's batting prowess. <laughs> World record holder. Just saying. Um, but what I'm saying is, is that a whole lot of people are brought and they're selected, so they don't necessarily know each other. Then they're brought in, and then they're expected to work together yeah. and come to make decisions and work together as a team for the greater good. It seems very similar to me, you know, looking in here for the last 24 hours that I've been here, that a lot of you guys don't know each other, you've come in, then you're all trying to serve a greater purpose. But then there's characters, there's egos, there's people's beliefs. How do you deal with um, understanding and allowing people to have their thoughts, but also realising that you've got a job to do? What's How does Andrew manage that? I think the and and uh, look, your listeners might be thinking hey, this guy's really on drugs now. But um, I think the underlying principle is one of respect. Mm. Uh, you've got to respect your colleagues, whether uh, you know they're in your party or whether they're on the other side. Uh, everyone is entitled to a view. I think you know one one of the the the, the challenges for Australian society um, is you know we live in the age of outrage um, and. If you have a different view to the, you know, to to, to others, well, there's there's less tolerance of that view. Um, you know, we, we have an expectation that you will agree with me, and if you don't agree with me, then you know we're outraged that you couldn't possibly have a different view. And I think that's very unfortunate. Um, you know, we all need to respect the fact that we are entitled to uh, our own opinions. Uh, we are entitled to freedom of speech. Uh, I'm a very firm believer in that. Uh, and you need to respect other people's right to have their say. Um, you know, we're not all going to agree, even on our side of the fence. We know we, we have some some vigorous debates about, you know, legislation or policies, uh, and as we should. Mm. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's about uh, mutual respect. What about... I mean, here I am sitting here at Parliament House. I've never been here before. It's been a massive eye-opener. It's huge. And we're in your office, which all um, the members and, and parliamentarians all have their own office. Mm -hmm. You've got three team members here, plus your wife. 
I am blown away at the amount of hours. There's no question about what time they start or finish. There's, it is a real team effort. And one of the things that I took away from your team yesterday is that they're there to support, protect, and also shield you a little bit from what's going on out there. I want to ask you something really personal because yesterday I got to see you speak in Parliament. Yeah. And... I have to say to you, and I'm not saying this because I know you, it was a very moving speech. It's, it's, you know, I'm not going to get into political values here, but it was around mm-hmm. the same-sex marriage. Mm-hmm. You're one of the few people that I've seen in my eyes that actually tells a story and talks from a personal experience. Now, there's beautiful things with that. All day yesterday we had people coming in saying what an amazing speech it was. It moved me to tears. I felt very honoured to be there to see it and be a part of history to watch that. What about the haters? Like, we've also seen the negative of that. How do you shield yourself and your family when you share something so open and vulnerable? How do you shield your feelings and response to that? Does it hurt? Oh, look, you know, you wouldn't be human if you if you said it didn't hurt. Um, yeah, it hurts. Uh, but I, I guess uh, you've got to acknowledge that, you know, there are people in this world, unfortunately, that will hate uh, that will, um, you know, if you have a different view to them, they will um, try and um, uh, let you know in no uncertain terms that uh, they think you're wrong, and and you know, uh, they've got a, a, every entitlement to to let me know that they have a different view, and that's fine. I guess uh, you know I would just suggest that people do it in a respectful way, um, but you know I think it's important that um, I, as best I can try and shield my family from that. Uh, and, look, I, I, I led with my chin and my heart yesterday, um, but, you know, that wasn't uh, – you know, I'd obviously spoken to Leonie and, and, uh, uh, and to Caroline about, you know, what we were going to be saying yesterday. Uh, and, um, you know, to her credit, you know, Caroline's an incredible uh, young lady and, and she is very keen to try and – um, help other people through her own experiences. Uh, you know, Leonie and I have always told people, any, anybody who listened from from day dot, that um, you everything happens for a reason. Mm. And uh, whilst at the time your world may be crumbling and and you don't know why you've been throwing this curveball. Everything happens for a reason. You know, why is it that Caroline, you know, suffered from anorexia and we almost lost her several times? Why is it that we had a child, another child with birth abnormalities all at the same time? You know, um, I don't know. But, you know, the old saying that which makes us, that that which does not kill us makes us stronger. Uh, Every family has their own challenges. And um, I suppose the issue of same-sex marriage and and uh, and also mental health issues all came to a head for our family uh, and we felt that we could utilise this opportunity to try and reach out to people who may be experiencing similar sort of problems that we had, similar sort of challenges that we had in this space. And, you know, if we were able to touch one person's life yesterday, well, then, you know, hopefully it was worth it. Oh, it was amazing. And I dare say it brings back to the point that you actually enrolled your family about taking on this role and got their permission and acceptance with the whole thing. It's the whole package. How do you work from 6 a.m. in the morning through till midnight? Parliament was was sitting still till midnight last night, um, allowing 125 
parliamentarians to voice their message on same-sex marriage. How do you look after yourself? I mean, this is a health podcast. Um, (laughs) So, like, what do you do to look after your mental and physical well-being? Well, Leonie's down here uh, this week, which has been great. Um, And, uh, you know, we're a great team. Uh, I'd be lost without her. I couldn't do this job without her. Uh, So uh, my family keeps me grounded, um, as do my staff. My staff are very good at keeping me grounded. (laughs) I believe that mental health is so very important for us all, um, and, and particularly in a job w- which is as demanding as this one. But uh, you know, I've, I've done a fair bit of research on on the the, the importance of uh, mental health and the significance of um, the interrelation between physical health and mental health, and um, there is there are direct correlations between uh, people who suffer from. Uh, poor mental health and people who suffer from poor physical health. Um, you know, if you are, are, and obviously this is a generalisation and doesn't apply to everybody, but if you are unwell physically and you are physically unable to get off the couch or out of bed and, and go and exercise, you are more likely to suffer from some form of mental health, whether it be depression or anxiety or whatever the case might be. So in answer to your question, I, I try and exercise every day. Um, when Leonie's not here, uh, I'm usually in the, in the gym here uh, at 6am every day. Uh, I have a set routine, uh, which, I, which I do. And, and um, you know, it's, it's all about, for me, it's all about routine. I'm a creature of habit. I like to train, physically train every morning um, and you know, keep my cardio up and, and also do some weights as well. Uh, and I find that that is a, a, a good way for me to deal with the, the stresses and pressures that this job brings. Yeah, and I think the greatest thing with someone like Leone who's passionate about food and nutrition and looking after her family, it's it's just a really nice thing, like you say, it's team, and yeah. I think that's a really special thing. You're down here 20, 30, how many weeks of the year? Roughly about 20 weeks of the year. So 20 weeks, seven in the, or six in the morning until sometimes really late at night. Yes. A week on at a time. Uh, sometimes, more often than not, two weeks at a time. Wow. So it's it's actually a massive commitment. Mm-hmm. I'm going to ask it. You don't have to answer the, the question exactly, but please tell me financially I know that our prime ministers may be on a good pay, and obviously we can find that out. We can look it up. But is it you don't do this for the money, do you? Look, um, as far as the, I mean, you know, our our wages, our, our salaries are public, um, so I mean, people can look that up. Um, but I, I didn't come into this for the money. Uh, I, I would have earned more than double what I did, uh, what I do now in my previous career as a barrister. Um, so, you know, I, I know that a lot of members of the public think that politicians are overpaid and underworked, and I, and I, I, I get that. Um, but really the truth is quite the opposite. Uh, most people who come here uh, have taken a pay cut to be here. Uh, and, you know, uh, my, 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 my phrase is that um, I've, I, I earn half as much as I used to, but I have twice the job satisfaction. Right. Um, and and I mean that you know I about and I enjoyed being a barrister. It was it was a, a terrific profession, and I'm still uh, technically a barrister. I still hold a practicing certificate. It earned me you know very good money and and set our family up financially. Um, but 
you know, as far as the job satisfaction goes, uh, it, it was nowhere near what the job satisfaction that I have in this position as a Federal Member of Parliament. I'm blown away by you that you moved from Victoria to the Sunshine Coast, you fell in love with it, you built your family home, you were a builder, and correct me if I'm wrong, you ended up in a courtroom in Gympie from memory watching um, the blue-collar worker not looked after perhaps in the way that you thought. You took yourself to university, you and your wife made a decision to go to university for four years, you'd get on a train and travel down to Brisbane. You didn't get to say goodnight to your daughters at night or say goodbye in the morning. Like, you know, then you stand there sharing your love of supporting and helping people. You're out there at so many events. You are there to answer the phone. You were on the phone last night till till 10 o'clock at night answering calls. Like, I am blown away. If you are an example of what our politicians are doing, then I'd like to think that the com- the country is in very good hands. And I know not everybody's like you, Andrew, and I know not everybody probably has the same aspirations as yourself, but I would just like to say publicly that, that it's been a really refreshing um, insight to be here, to be sitting in your office here at Parliament House is still pinching me a little bit. Um, <laughs> me too. I yeah. still pinch myself. I bet, I bet. Is there anything that you personally have... Um, like what? What if I could wave a magic wand and Andrew Wallace could have whatever he wanted? What is it within the political world that you are really that you, when you get it, you're going to go? I know I made a difference, or I know I did it. What is that for Andrew? Oh, well, I won't say world peace. Um, <laughs> I uh, look. I think that um, Parliament works best when we, as parliamentarians, truly work together, uh, irrespective of uh, our political allegiances. You know, we we hear about um, that, you know, we, we hear about the toxicity of Canberra at the moment, and to some degree that's right. Um, there is a degree of toxicity uh, in Canberra and, and the, the level of, pardon me, the level of angst between the, the, the parties and the, and the members and senators. But... Um, we hear also about um, how, particularly after the war, after World War II, when many parliamentarians who were sitting in this place um, were veterans, and whilst they came from um, uh, different parties and, and had, had different philosophical ideas about how to um, make the place, uh, the country a better place, they had this... Uh, uh, this mission, they had a, a sense of we are here for the benefit of the Australian people. Um, and I think that was born out of their service to the country as, as war veterans. And as time went on, as those uh, war veterans who served as parliamentarians died out and, and, or, and or retired, we started to develop a, a professional career as being parliamentarians uh, and I think um, there are you know some people in this place that uh, have done not much else other than be parliamentarians and I think that that's probably a weakness in in the system at the moment I think uh, a good parliamentarian is someone who's done many other things uh, and walked in the shoes of the average Australian um, knows what it's like not to be able to pay the wages or trying to figure out how the hell I'm going to pay my staff tomorrow, um, you know, gone into overdraft, borrowed against their house to be able to pay their staff um, and and sweated blood over uh, how they're going to keep their business alive or how they're going to help 
uh, keep a business alive. Well, those are the sort of experiences that I think enrich parliamentarians. Uh, and I think that if we are able to move beyond this period of, of aggressive hostility between the parties where we can move more towards a, um, a, um, a, a, an approach of where we work together uh, for the benefit of the, of the Australian people, um, I think that that will be a great outcome. Mm. Well, I can honestly say, having witnessed it and, and I've only seen a snippet, I understand, and I've, I've asked you a million questions the whole time I've been here because I've never been interested and I've never understood it, so I'm very grateful to that. I think from my perspective, having a professional cricketer as a husband, I hated the thought of watching cricket. Cricket to me was boring. So was politics. And and what I noticed is coming down here, just like watching Danny play cricket, is it's very different watching it from ground level. It's very different watching it when someone you know is involved. And also you get to understand all the behind the scenes. Mm. So mm. I have really, um, I know this is only a short podcast for us this week because you have got <laughs> an unbelievable time slots ahead of you. But just one final message to our listeners um, and and perhaps to the people that are listening to this, either interested in politics, maybe even not interested in politics, maybe who have got something to say, Where, who do we go to if we do want to have a voice and what's your final message to us? Uh, my final message would be to get involved. Um, one of the, the greatest um, uh, challenges we face as Australians is apathy. And uh, I think one thing that the, the postal uh, survey for same-sex marriage uh, proved is that Australians can engage and they can be interested. Um, we've just got to find the topic that, that lights their fire. And, um, you know, politics, you know, look, people say to me, oh, I'm not interested in politics, you know, you guys are all the same. We're not all the same. We are different. We do have different philosophical uh, beliefs about how the country should be run. Um, and whether you're blue or red, whether you're, you know, uh, you know conservative or whether you're you know, in the Labor Party or, or that way leaning, get involved. Um, take an active interest in your community. Take an active interest in, in politics because whether you like it or not, politics shapes the future of our country. And if you're not part of that process... If you're not involved in the process, then you know you, you don't have a say apart from once every three years at the ballot box. Or a keyboard warrior getting behind there blaming and, and, and shaming. And I think you're absolutely right. You've got to be in participation. You've got to actually read the material that comes to us if you want to, like you say. Do you think there's there's hope as, as far as Australia's future, you know, politically, financially and also environmentally? Is, is there a big hope? You, you Absolutely. We are. I mean, I've had the privilege of travelling to, to many countries around the world and um, we live in the best country in the world. We, we have so much going for us. Uh, we, we are still the lucky country and I know that uh, a lot of people... Uh, you know, feel that um, Australia is slipping, and I know that a lot of people feel that uh, you know that 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 life is challenging for them. But if I could take them to some of the parts of the world that I've been to and show them just how impossibly difficult people's lives are in other parts of the world, um, you, you would come back to Australia with a renewed uh, enthusiasm and vigour 
that this is the lucky country. We are, we do live in a great place in the world that, 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 you know, that values democracy, that values freedom of association and freedom of thought. You're not going to be hauled out uh, in the street and shot because you have a different view to a political leader. Um, you know, we are so fortunate in this country that if you get sick, you can go to the doctor uh, and get the world's best treatment. Um, you know, so there are so many things going for this country and uh, I'm very proud to be in this role, as I'm sure everybody is that sits in this place. But um, um, uh, I, I, if I can leave you with with uh, with one thing, and that is that you know, as the federal member for Fisher, I'm, I continue to be very privileged. Uh, I, I feel very privileged for being in this role, and it's a role that I, I won't take for granted. And I'll always try and do the best I can for for the people of Fisher, or the people of Queensland, and Australia. It's been an absolute privilege. I'm so grateful to have you. I know you've got a million and one other appointments. So on that note, Andrew, Wallace, we wish you all the best and thank you so, so much. Thanks, Kimmy, and thanks, everybody, for listening. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.